Hello, welcome to Sarcasm Colored Glasses. I'm your host, Critical J, and here today, we are here, and here's a big moment, and we've been waiting for this, well, I've been waiting for this, since the uh, first episode dropped, and we're going to talk about Mandalorian Season 2, where we are now. Now, I could wait for all the season, all the episodes to get out, but we're halfway through and there's already so much to talk about. And the fact that I really wanted to talk about this so much since even the first one dropped, but was waiting, waiting for a specific thing to talk about because it wouldn't make any sense to talk about it before then, because this is what we began talking about when they announced. And, um, of course, the uh, the the big thing. Well, I'm gonna and I'm I'm gonna break this down in a couple different ways. Okay, so the we previously talked as soon as we heard about Clone Wars characters being cast into the Mandalorian, and so super excitement. If you want to hear that super excitement and hear the details of why that was so super exciting, go listen to our previous episode about um, the Mandalorian um, review for the season two. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll go from it from here. So there's, there's a couple different ways to look at this, you know, because um, it's funny because like my mom, she's watching the Mandalorian and, um, but, you know, obviously she hasn't watched the Clone Wars, hasn't watched Rebels. And, uh, you know, so part of me is like super excited that like, oh yeah, you know, it's like, uh, you're, you know, my mom's taking in the Mandalorian and all this coolness, but also knowing that she hasn't watched all these things, you feel like you're so missing out. But I also don't expect my 75-year-old mother to be going through six, seven seasons of The Clone Wars and like three or four of Rebels to get the fullness of what's going on here. But, you know, this is why I'm going to speak to the Star Wars fans, the casual Star Wars fans that are watching this. You know, you've seen like your basic movies and this is the next step of your, you know, next live action thing. But that's basically what you know. And then there's also the super super fans like me that have, you know, like watched the movies, the cartoons, some of the books, and have an idea of things from the books um, and, and all of that. So that because there's this thing, you can watch it and not get all that and still enjoy it. But if you have, if you do know all that other stuff, Oh my God, you're like literally nerdgasming. And um, so first off, before even the connection to the Clone Wars, um, just as a show as in itself kicks off with a bang, you know, it's, I mean, originally like um, when it first came out, we were excited about it. And it's cool to see these Star Wars things in a series type um, setting. Um, but it wasn't, you know, like it felt, felt a little low budget-ish and, you know, like things were a little slower, but we, as it built up, it was like a rolling stone, you know? And so sometimes when they start a second season off of something that's been so amazing, sometimes they build things back up, you know? Um, but no, this one, this was already like at the top of the hill with this big huge boulder and it started rolling 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 down going like you know full force jack uh just jumped right out of it and with what amazing things came out of that um so one you know we talked about well we speculated about um the connection to bubba fett Right. Because obviously Mandalorian can have that. And it's always been this whole thing about like, OK, did he survive? Didn't he survive or whatever? So and by the way, there's tons of spoilers 
Um, <laughs> little late to tell you, but uh, I mean, obviously I'll put it in the description or whatever, but tons of spoilers. So you should be connected before you're watching this. Um, and so anyway, so at, at the end of that episode, well, obviously he, you know, he sees the Boba Fett armor and, um, and obviously not Boba Fett in it, but you're on Tantooine, the guy he found it somewhere and whatever. And they're like, okay, so, you know, the, the, the armor survived, but then, but then, but then at the end of that episode, seeing the unmasked, which we've never actually seen before, which I mean, obviously wouldn't have made sense if you're really thinking about it, but if you're connecting all of the dots from everything. So let's connect some dots first before I tell you what you see. So in, we're in the prequels, we're talking about Attack of the Clones. Where do the clones come from? They come from Jango Fett. So they're all modeled off of Jango Fett. And um, Bubba Fett is his, well, not his birth son, but he is an unaltered, raised from birth clone. So he also will grow up looking exactly like Jango Fett. So we can assume that underneath Bubba Fett's armor would be the actor we know of as Jango Fett and playing the clone troopers. And there that guy is, you know, uh, walking around without armor and stuff. So and then he but he's watching. So he's one, he's alive Two, he's aware of Mando and um, three, he's not revealing himself yet, which means that this is another arc that's going to build off of so many things that are already built up. And that's the amazing thing that the show is it's got its main thing going through, but it's also got these little Easter eggs that are just seeds. They're just dropping a little seed. It's not going to be in the next episode. It might not be in the next three episodes. It might be something that's for the next season, but it's something that it is building. And this is the amazing thing about the show, which I've said before, is it is the Star Wars universe expanding and interconnecting with all other aspects. In this one shot of seeing um, the unmasked Bubba Fett actor of the Clone Wars, it pulls into the prequels and it also pulls into the original ones by having the Bubba Fett armor. Boys and girls, that's the first episode. And that's not even, and that's an unexpected treat. Um, we're not even up to the part that, you know, I'm super excited about. I mean, I was super excited about that, but really super excited about the connection to the Clone Wars. And which makes 100% sense because obviously you're going to name something the Mandalorian. The biggest featuring of um, Mandalorians outside of Knights of the Old Republic getting there too um, is... Uh, is, you know, like the, like I said, you know, the, the Mandalorian Mandalore, you know, and then the whole thing about the, uh, um, the relationship with, um, Obi-Wan and Satil and, um, is Satil? I always get confused with the other character, whatever, you know, the, the, um, the prime magistrate of Mandalore, um, and the culture that's built on there, which exploded onto Rebels with Sabine Wren, and then featuring back to, you know, her connection to them. So it keeps coming back to the planet and also like how the, which also ties into um, Darth Maul because of the, um, and of course you would have had to have watched all of this stuff, but just for the people that are unfamiliar with the cartoons. Um, well, obviously, if you've seen the movies, you know Darth Maul. So Darth, and then if you've seen Solo, you know that Maul somehow 
is survived. And in the Clone Wars, you see how he survived, that he basically held himself together by the force, um, by the dark side. And he um, he built these like little eight legged um, spider machine legs. And then eventually it evolved into like these um, not centaur, the one with like the goat legs, like that type of thing. And then into like actual robot legs. Um, and he took over, he created, well, he took over and then built on a crime syndicate called Crimson Dawn, which is the ones that in Solo that they are working for. And then he reels himself at the end. Um, so th that is the connection that you missed if you didn't see the, the, the Clone Wars. And then also in Rebels, he returns, um, to, uh, to do all sorts of a lot of things but we we eventually do see his demise by obi-wan as he is like plagued by hunting him and um because he's the guy who cut him in half <laughs> um but the the whole thing is um previous to that crimson dawn took over mandalore and um darth maul was running it from beneath and he was he used death watch um mandalorians to be the face of this and going to get to that um, and the connection that we see here in the uh, the Mandalorian. So now that we're all caught up, right? So um, so we see the episode where Mandalore, well, Mando finally finds other Mandalorians. And those other Mandalorians are led by, um, uh, oh my God, why didn't her name skip my head? Uh, let's look this up real quick. Bo-Katan. Um, wow, I hate when those things freaking slip my head. Um, so, yeah. So, Bo-Katan, if you are unaware and um, uh, who she is or what the connection is, she is the sister of the the rightful ruler of Mandalore, who um, had to, obviously, who was run off by Darth Maul um, and then is now still trying to take over, trying to reclaim her planet. Um, her sister has, you know, her sister's dead. I can't remember who exactly killed her, but she did. Um, she, she died and there's, I'm not even going to get into that because that's not important to this, but anyway, she's trying to, you know, get back her birthright. And so this, and the, the first meaning of this, and I have to say, you know, because one of the biggest head scratchers of the Mandalorian series is why he won't take off his mask, right? Because as I've told you before, on the planet Mandalore, everybody takes off their mask. You know, you've seen Jango Fett, he takes off his mask, obviously plenty of times too. So you're like, okay, where did, where did this whole thing, this is the way come from? Bizarre, right? Um, so anyway, so this whole meeting of them where they take off their helmets and he's thrown back. He's like, what the hell? um he's like where and then instantly he says like okay where did you get that armor from because you are not mandalorians because mandalorians don't take off their helmets and then one of the 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 other one says like oh he's one of them and you're like what it's like okay wait a minute hold on what's going on here and then you know she talks about children of the watch that you know cling to the want to bring back the old ways of mandalore which you know if you're going back into knights of the old republic which not everybody's familiar with is um the 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 old war like the times of mandalore when the jedi war and all that stuff you know like they were fighters and 
that's what they did. And, you know, and, and at that time, you know, they didn't take off their masks. They were just straight soldiers. So this Children of the Watch is an allusion to Death Watch, the Death Watch clan, which was talked about in, um, in Clone Wars, which they, you know, they had that whole civil war with um, Bo-Katan over it, and they ended up winning thanks to Darth Maul. So that puts it at, at a very interesting thing because like, okay, so he was raised by these people. So now that now all of a sudden, and, and then stuff starts dawning on him because he's being told that he's been raised by zealots that aren't even the the standard Mandalorian. So he's thinking that he's like embracing the culture and all this stuff, but it's only a side culture. It's something by like, you know, like fanatics. And so then he, then you're, you've got this existential crisis of his, which you see a little bit of, but then again, seed planted. So we could see this build up later on as something, his questioning of what it really means to be a Mandalorian, because what he was taught isn't everything. So fascinating, right? So there's there's so much, and we've only had a couple of episodes. We're midway through, guys, um, and I still haven't even gotten to the, like the the hugest thing of why I was waiting for. Um, and sorry, I'm all over the place because there's so much. So anyway, so it's existential crisis, which is the seed to it. But then they end up working together. But you know, the 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 interesting thing about that is pointing out that. He is a child of Death Watch, which were the people that took over Mandalore from Bo-Katan, means that they are on opposing sides. They are, yes, they are both Mandalorians or Mandalorian culture, but they are on opposite ends of it. But they still work together for this um, because they have that whole common goal thing. And so it's, you know, there's so much building, so much. Um, but you know, in the end, she invites him to come along, you know, join the cause, but he's like, I got, I got shit to do, you know, um, like I didn't come in to get involved in all of this. I've got to return this child to the Jedi. And, um, so, but that doesn't mean that he's not coming back. And then to further see to it, you know, the, the whole purpose of what they were there for is they were trying to get information on where Grand Moth Gideon is because she needs a Darksaber. And if you're familiar with the Clone Wars and Rebels, the Darksaber, the Black Saber that he has at the end of season one um, is basically your ruling right. So with that, you know, she could get her planet back. Whoever holds that, whoever wields a Darksaber is, is um, judged to be rightfully uh, uh you know uh what is what is the word is rightfully able capable or whatever of being the leader of mandalore so that ties into that little glimpse at the end bringing it back into what i told you about before because if the saber's in there that means that these guys are coming for it because that is where it belongs it is a saber of mandalorians He's not aware of that. I mean, he doesn't even see it at that point, but he did, he doesn't know about it, but they do. So ending on that, amazing. And also she points him, points him to where he can find Ahsoka, which is... Okay, 
why we're so excited. We finally, finally get to see live action Ahsoka Tano. And to those who are unfamiliar with the Clone Wars and Rebels, you will not know who this person is because, you know, it was the, the unfortunateness of the Clone Wars being written after the prequels were done and squeezed in between is these characters were never able to be in Revenge of the Sith because they technically were written afterwards, even though it happened in there. Though it sucks about prequels. <laughs> but um, prequels that are after the fact. Well, I guess that is a prequel. Anyway, whatever. So who's Ahsoka Tano? Ahsoka Tano is Anakin Skywalker's lost apprentice. So she, which is, you know, that drop right there should be like, whoa. Um, so, I mean, this is like no no news to me, but like, you know, if you are unfamiliar with this, then it's like, oh my God, that's crazy. You know, so anyway, so in the Clone Wars, Anakin had an apprentice and um, this apprentice grew and eventually ended up leaving the Jedi because they, you know, a mishap where they turned on her and she was invited back. But she said, screw you guys. Look how freaking quick you turned on me. I'm going to find my own path. So. This is a Jedi not in the Jedi Order, which also is, um, you know, explains why she, well, in the last season of Clone Wars, you see exactly how she escaped Order 66, but she was also not involved with um, the Jedi Order at that time to um, be taken by the clone troopers. And you see in the last bits how, uh, how she escapes it. Um, so, and not only does she escape it, but then in Rebels, she comes back and this is where you see her with the, for those who are familiar with the Clone Wars and not Rebels, this is where she comes back as an older Ahsoka just before, um, just before, uh, A New Hope, um, actually maybe midway between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, um, where they're building the resistance and she is, you know, like one of the leaders of that. And this is where she has her white lightsabers versus the green ones that she had before. Um, you know, because she is now, she's not affiliated. She uses a force, but she's technically not a Jedi um, or a Jedi of the order. So this is the state that she's in now. And um, well, there, and then the Mandalorian, as it happens after everything, this is an even older Ahsoka, um, older, wiser, and everything like that, but still out for certain things. And um, I want to get to the importance of this stuff, you know, like uh, as as I'm, you know, dropping the the history of like who she is, why this is important, why this is exciting, and you know, not just like oh hey, you know, just go find this random Jedi and you know bring bring him to his people. Um, but it is a special, special Jedi that he's bringing to you, and he has no idea. It's no idea, and it's great. That's the greatest thing about it. Uh, I'm not going to get into the plot of the episode and stuff, but it's funny. Like you know, it started, and I figured that this, you know, they've had your filler episodes in between. Everything's been leading up, and this should be the episode where she drops. And you know, as it's coming up, you know, and seeing the Mandalorian, whatever stuff. You know, like my wife is like, ah, the problem that I'm going to show like it's okay until like the end of the season, and they'll be in season three. They're just going to tease it, and I'm right at that second lightsabers light up in the dark and then you see her face coming out i'm like bam there she is um <laughs> but like you know being freaking amazing like doing like everything that everything that we wanted to see and 
So then you have your meetup where it's like, okay, he's here's the mission. The mission is deliver the child to the Jedi. Deliver the child. And then she's like, well, one, we finally get the reveal of what the child's name is. Um, we can stop calling him the child and now Grogu. Um, so, uh, you know, because she does this mind link through the force with him and finds out his story and why he only sometimes uses his powers too. But, you know, you finally get the end of the mission and then she's like, nope. It's like, um, I can't take him. You know, you know, first she says like, okay, you know, let me test him and whatever, you know, see if he can do this and whatever. So, you know, he, long story short, through her test, she sees that, you know, she's like, she's like, oh, he's really attached to you. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, you know, you know, we've been through some stuff or whatever. And she's like, yeah, that's a bad thing. You know, that's, I've, I've seen what that type of attachment does to a Jedi and he can go dark and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be part of that. And so, which is a huge allusion to what happened to her master and her awareness of what happened to her master, because obviously she watched him grow through the darkness. And while he, they saw it eye to eye on certain things because she didn't trust the Jedi order either. Um, after things had happened and, you know, she was, you know, she was a child of her master rebellious and everything like that but the um, she initially did not know that Darth Vader was Anakin until until like uh they were I mean she felt the presence at one point in Rebels but there was this moment when they fought and my god greatest freaking fight in the history of anything um she fought and she found out who he really is and that tore her down um because wouldn't it you you know this is like the person that you know taught you everything about the good and being a jedi and everything that it is and he went so dark so dark the fact that he killed all the other jedi or tried to kill all the other jedi and is basically the the head of all this that is destroying everything. You know, that is like not only mind shattering, but heartbreaking. You know, they were so close and now they're really on the opposite sides of everything. So this is an allusion to her saying that I will not let that happen again. You know, he he is afraid. He is attached. These are all the things that were in my master. And I ignored the signs. I will not do it again. So, and there goes his mission, and it's like, and he's led on another mission. So he says, "Okay, take him to the temple here. Let him choose if he do, if he if he uh, wants to do this and let go of everything. Then somebody's going to find him and show him the right way. If not, then you know whatever. Um, but I'm I'm not going to be a part of that. And so it's like, okay, so his mission ends, and then he gets a new mission, but at the same time." Here is another scene because why is she there? She's trying to get information from this um this uh constable, whatever the hell she, this lady is. I forgot what the name is, but she's trying to get the information from this warlord type woman. And eventually she gets with her. And the question she asks, the question she asks at the end, oh my god, it just seemed it's just a name. 
it's just a name. But if you know the history, then you will drop your drawer to the floor, through the floor. She said, where is Thrawn? Now, you might ask, okay, who is Thrawn? Okay, so winding back to the creation of the new movies and the whole thing of the all of those books and everything that they said, you know what? This is not lore. This is just legend. None of this stuff matters. And Star Wars fans, crazy mad because this is what they lived for for like 20, 30 years. So, you know, to, to all those stories to be tossed out so casually so they can make new movies that don't depend on them or rely on them is, you know, people are furious. And I've talked about that before. Um, but one of the huge characters from that was Thrawn, Admiral Thrawn, um, who's basically, you know, like kind of like, you know, the equivalent to the Emperor, to Darth Vader or something. Super powerful admiral, whatever. Trilogy books, a couple, several other things on him. These are books, but these books were dismissed as legend. But Rebels brings it into canon because it shows a younger Thrawn. Um, and so then all of a sudden, what was legend now is canon. So it gives relevance to the books that they threw out. Maybe things don't happen exactly as that, but those characters that we loved from there are being acknowledged and being brought to life. And so, and that was just animated life. Now, now we see, and the, of course there was a whole bunch of things going on with Thrawn and um, in Rebels, which is it was worthy of watching, but it's it's not dead there. He is alive after the Imperial thing, and she is searching for him. So that shows his importance. To say that, like, you know, one of the most powerful Jedi's left is looking for him, that means that he's pretty damn powerful. And that means that he's even higher than Grand Moff Gideon, which, you know, we are already, like, involved in, but that was a new character. So connection to not only the cartoon but the books that were dismissed, um, Rebels brought to life uh, Darth Bane, which was a huge thing. And personally, I love that series. But Darth Bane, the creator of the rule of two, there must be a master and an apprentice, one to have the power, one to crave it. No others. So the, the others, they just dilute the force. So him being brought and acknowledged into Rebels makes that canon. So how much more can they pull out of there? How much more are they going to? And th this means that they are still doing it. It wasn't just for the cartoons. Yeah, it's easy to throw something into a cartoon or into like um into like a you know video game or whatever. But this they're bringing to their live action main thing, which means that it can go so far. Everything I talked about. It, it's coming true. It is, it is, this is exactly what I was excited about before, and here it is happening. So, and it doesn't at all diminish the story of the Mandalorian um, and the character of that. It's not where it's like, okay, any of these things are overshadowing it. They are building plots, they're building seeds underneath an already growing tree. So, 
the, you know, all the fears of that, they're not happening. You know, we're still just getting a taste of these things. And, and like I said, we're like halfway through, there's still so much more to do. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just amazing. And you just want to say like, okay, well, how much more can they pull in? How much more validation to all of these wonderful stories that we fell in love with can they bring out through this? And this is like it's it's the Mandalorian is doing everything that we hoped it would do. It wasn't just an empty promise. This is something that is like, and like and like I said, anybody who's not watching this, I, I can't help to yell but yell at them. You know, somebody who's into Star Wars and all of this stuff, you you should be freaking watching this. You should be caught up in every single episode as it drops. Friday morning, afternoon, or whatever. Saturday should not pass until you've watched The Mandalorian. And if you're super busy working or whatever, doing a 12, 24-hour shift, Saturday morning, put on Disney+, Plus, catch up on that episode. Because whatever happens, you are missing out. And you would be missing out if you did not see it. And it is growing. It is growing so much. And it's so exciting. It's, you know, it's the end of the Star Wars movies is not the end. Um, it is just the end of one saga, but it is there's so many other books. You close one book, you're opening up an encyclopedia. And it's, and it's all game. It's all game, folks. And on that note... Um, I hope your prescription is filled and I hope you're seeing clearly and I hope that you're watching Mandalorian and being updated. Um, tell me what you think. Tell me how excited you are about this. Tell me how exciting these characters, the actors, you know, um, and, you know, like, I mean, Katie Sackhoff, I love her in everything since Battlestar Galactica. Amazing actress and the fact that she voiced, voiced Bo-Katan in the cartoon series and now is a live action version without flaw. Perfect choice. Rosaria Dawson showing us that she is not a one trick pony. She can pull together any and universe. She did it for Marvel. She's doing it for Star Wars and couldn't be happier. So tell me what you think on Twitter, HJism, or hit me up on uh, Instagram, hashtag spelled out jism or however whatever say for us to guys